Urban Studios. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. Day Radio Network Healthcast Series got David Meyer hanging out with, with with us this week here 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 in Cashville having a very spirited conversation. Wanted to turn because we got to get some got to get some healthcare stuff in. Yeah. Where we we talked about the the shift and what's going on globally uh, with free speech. Yep. There's also a shift here domestically with with healthcare policy. Yep. And I know, David, you you being one of the, the leaders and aficionados and people that are in the know, wanted to just give you the platform uh, to speak on some of the trends that you're seeing, um, the, the upside, the downside. How's that going to impact yep. not just those that, that listen to this show that are healthcare executives um, or vendors, but, but how will it impact somebody driving around the Beltway in D.C.? that's on uh, a Medicare or a Medicaid plan or even a commercial plan or, or em- employer groups plan. Uh, there's so many things going on. So I wanted to, to, to give David the opportunity to really pontificate on that and, and share some of his experiences. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, uh, it's always interesting when um, HHS or CMS has an opportunity to, um, to give us an update. Um, and and then to see what they what they talk about mm-hmm. and and this year, um, you know, you and I've kind of forecasted like like a lot of folks, uh, we knew it was coming that right. there was going to be a big focus right you didn't from the agency from health and human services that's right around equity and social determinants of health right. and stuff like that so like David's brilliant but he's not that brilliant <laughs> he's, putting, he's using common no, it was just a lot, of, it was a lot just, of common sense it was coming right every everybody knew. Um, so, so that's cool. And it, and, it, and it has come and, and, you know, I, I'm wholly supportive of what, you know, CMS and HHS is trying to do, um, you know, from a, from a policy perspective. Um, I, I, I think the, to me, the more interesting stuff is some of the things around the edges. So, um, CMS has had a direct contracting, um, uh, you know, I- initiative that they've been trying to to play with. It's it, it, I always talked about it as a, a as a kind of a, a version of an ACO mm. for those of you that are healthcare folks. And this this the these DCEs, these direct contracting ent- entities, are set up in such a way that they contract directly with CMS. They have some obligations on the quality side, on the value based contracting side, um, on the care side in terms of uh, improving on the cost of care, um, and th- those savings can be shared. So, so that's for, for those of you that don't know what's going on. That's the high level. But um, what's really fascinating is for 23, there's some additional tweaks to the structure. Okay. And um, you know, as you look at the list, I mean, not a lot of changes, but some. But as you start to look at some of the things that CMS has had in place. And some of the new things that they're emphasizing and stressing, you know, you, you see some things that I think give us a sense of where government 
healthcare will be going in the future. So the first thing I'd point out. Yeah, I think that's important. I think, yeah, yeah, totally, right? The, the, the first thing is that, that um, there is an obligation to have an operational committee. I'm going to call it that just so everybody you know, knows what No, I well mean. put, well put. Uh, an operational committee that has, sure, you know, plan level people that are, are on it, but you have to also have uh, representatives from the physician side, the hospital side, the provider side. You also have to have at least um, one Medicare beneficiary. One person that's it. in your program love it. sits in this ops committee. So if you think about now, what I know that when I was says, in, when I was with the Blues, the Blues did a good job at that. Um, we always had people that were beneficiaries that were in our focus groups, and they were part of the board. We always had a we had a rotating spot on the board that was in, that had to be a a member, and it and, wasn't and this, some it wasn't some rich person from Scottsdale, it was just right. a regular person from South Mountain that was a member and you know needed our services, and they gave us honest uh, and constructive feedback. And I was but that was that was like a choice. That was a business choice that they it's made. And good on them for making right. it right because I'm with you. I think right. it's I think it's smart. But but what this is is a mandate, right? You must do it, right? And 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 if you look at that, you think about well, what 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 is the agency saying? What they're saying is that that direct contractors must value incremental voices. Yeah. And you and I talk about that all phrase. We use that phrase incremental all the time, right? Well, I'm not saying CMS listens to your show, but they might. You know, that's, they could have picked it up. We'll get there us. eventually. Uh, but, but, um, but, but uh, you know, like I, I, I think that that's what they're focused on, right? They're saying, hey, you got to have incremental people at the table. I love it. I think it's good, right? I because not all of them, if you're not all working for the company, you, right. know, you all have different financial incentives, different, you know, you, you these walk people, into that these, board These incremental with, people, they don't, they don't have any skin in the game totally, financially totally. or career-wise. They're, they're just actually doing altruistic work to, to help other people. And I'm here to represent myself as a user of your services right. plus everybody else that's like me, Right. And I'm, I don't care about your bottom line, right. and I don't care whether you make uh, your bonus or not. Imagine an incremental person that is in end-stage renal and needs the transportation benefit to get to their dialysis appointments. Imagine how that voice can impact if, if they're in the room with the I with think the conversations change, right? And that I think you know, good on HHS and CMS for recognizing that and flipping that switch. I think right. it's real smart. But if, you think, but if you think about this as the tip of the spear, right? So, so you can imagine for government programs at large, this is the beginning of this this um, policy process, right? Of requiring that kind of structure. But I think that this is a blueprint, right? Mm. You talked about where this might have come from, like you know, from the blues and other places. But I, um, but I think I think this will be a bl blueprint for government programs at large. So that's one thing. I awesome. think it's, I think it's good. I think it's going to change a lot of conversations. Um, there probably will, you know, be some some shenanigans to try to get around it, and 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 it'll be interesting but why would to see how want they to get deal with it. it. Why would you want to get around it? Because because, dude, it's just like what we were talking about on the break. I mean, there's some people that just like working in a dimly lit room. That's a good point. I mean, I just like they're more comfortable that way, right? right? And and so uh, you know, this this requires, in a sense, you know. Uh, a level of transparency that not everybody uh, is comfortable it, it, with. Yeah, is comfortable right. with. But anyway, so you got that, and then and then I I think the other the other interesting thing to me besides the structure itself 
is CMS saying, and you got to have skin in the vein in the game for the providers, value-based contracts. Yeah. And, and we're requiring that you have to have minimum levels of that. And we want to see that increase over time. And, and, and I love, I gotta tell you, like I am heartened beyond words that health and human services and CMS is embracing I love it too. markets, right? They're embracing incentives and they're embracing transparency. Good for them. Because this is, you know, you unleash what America is best at. Oh, yeah. Which is, you know your business, I know mine. And if we're both honest with each other, we can figure out how to work together better. Collaboration. Right? Real collaboration. Interoperability. Right? You know, all of, those, all, of the, all of the buzzwords. Right? Synergy. All so, I mean, good on, good on human right. uh, health and human services and CMS. So, so, those are two things that I'm tracking on that I'm excited about from a policy perspective. I think awesome. that they're great. I'm um, obviously there's a lot more going on there. They're ratcheting down a little bit on on some of the some of the bad behavior or uh, let, let, let's be generous and say alleged bad behavior right. around um, around marketing for Medicare Advantage over over the last uh, three or four years. And uh, and, and, I, and I think, you know, these things go. Are you talking cycles. about like Joe Namath and JJ from Good Times? I, I'm not, or yeah, I'm not, about, I'm not just, calling out not, anybody in specific, to, okay. but I would just say, you know, right. like I think I think CMS has concerns uh, about. I spent a lot of time with my 95 year old grandmother and she. It, you, you watch a commercial. Even right? she is offended by some of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> she you looked watched? at me. No, she literally looked at my grandmother. Ethel, shout out to my grandmother, Ethel Bradford. She looked at me. She said, Jay. She said some of these commercials are really exploiting old people. Like she said that. But, she said but, that to me. But see, but see, I think that. So CMS has heard that. Right. Maybe not from your grandmother, right. but from she might have heard it from my grandmother. My grandmother, right? They, they've heard they that, call. and I think that they're taking action. Right. I, I, Good. You know, so I, Good. I, I think, and I do think it's, it's, you know, that's that's a role of government. They should be doing it. Good for them. Supportive of them, you know, doing the oversight piece. So Absolutely. yeah. So. It's it's some good stuff, but I mean the the health equity. I mean that's social determinants of health. That's that's kind of like the hot things that everybody likes to right. talk about because that is not about them. That's about others. Right. Right. Um, you know the 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 direct contracting stuff is more about how uh, you know contractors have to change, and nobody seems to like to talk about that. Right. And social determinants is hot. And, uh, and you know, we'll see what that, what, what comes of that. I mean, there's, there's, there's beautiful stuff, you know, around food. Yeah. Um, you know, we got, you know, sponsors of this show yep. that are, are, are in that space. There's beautiful stuff around Great uh, loneliness and, and mental Love health, about connecting people through transportation. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of good stuff going on. And I think what CMS is going to want to see is not just that, people are using it, they're going to want to see that it's being used in an equitable way. Right. So, you know, if you say, you say I got a diverse population in, 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 you know, in an urban area and half my, my, uh, my people, my, my members use transportation. I think CMS is going to be asking, well, now break that down by age and yep. now break that down by race, ethnicity. No. And there's going to be an issue if not a single Latino is using transportation, right? You're going to have to, have to explain why you haven't put in a bilingual line for transportation. And I think good on, again, good on them for, for forcing the issue. David always says, if you're a teacher and you have 20 kids and 19 of your kids are, are getting a, they take the test and they, they get a 90 on the test. Yep. But one of your kids, or maybe two of your kids, they get a 10% on the test. Yep. 
you failed as a teacher. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Joining us on the Lance Day Radio Network tonight, the one and only Pete Rock, the Chocolate Boy Wonder. My favorite Pete Rock remix is the Jump Around remix and the Public Enemy, I Shut shut Him Down. down. Who do you rock with that some of the young bulls that's out in the industry today? Well, I definitely say the whole Griselda click, and then I'll say the PDE click, you know, you you know, J. Cole. Oh, I, wow. I, I love you to death, Pete Rock. I love you to no death, Pete Rock. And me and Pete Rock supposed to do something as well. Nope. No doubt, bro. Nope. Let's get it pop. He's a sweet When I'm not doing the health cast, I consult for many startups and ACOs who are new to the healthcare business. Episource serves Medicare, commercial, and Medicaid plans with an experienced risk adjustment team that cares about results and building partnerships. With the largest health plans and healthcare organizations as clients, Episource aims to obtain the best medical chart retrieval rates, the highest coding accuracy, and the maximum level of project satisfaction. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration. James Lewis. And, and shout out to everywhere where I can go and get a good oxtail with extra gravy. Some of the spots here in Nashville, man, they don't want to they give you the guy was like, you, you, you know, we, we can't give you extra gravy. I'm like, yo, man, I'm, I'm willing to pay for it. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. What's oxtail and rice and peas if you don't have any extra gravy? What are, what are we doing here? What's the point? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.